Okay, I had a long time of like my growing up years um, where I had a lot of chronic pain. So when the first 10 years of my life, I was this happy girl. I had no problems, like really no physical issues. And then when I was 10, I started having a lot of issues with my diet and that it slowly, slowly got worse for the next five years. Also in those five years, I had a lot of um, a lot of just pain all over my body. So I had extreme joint pain. I had um, problems with when I would be passing out multiple times a day. And I've grown up in a Christian home, but I was so, so mad at God because I was like, God, why is my life just terrible? I got to the point where I hated it. I hated living day to day because nothing was enjoyable. I was sick constantly. I love everyone, but no one understands anything. And I was just so, I felt so, so alone. We had the, these people that live five minutes down the road from us. I met with her daughter and I found out that she had the same things that I had. It was amazing and we, I met with her and I was able to see how she trusted God so, so much. And it was mind blowing because she was even worse off than I was but she had so much hope and she trusted God so much. When I went home that day, I was, I just kind of was like paused and I was like, if she has this hope, like this much hope, and she has this freedom that she doesn't have to worry about it because God's got it, and she's worse off than I am, then I, I can do it too. It's amazing how much God can, can do when you're not fighting. When you fully just surrender it to the Lord and like, God, I will do whatever needs to happen. I was just amazed and slowly and slowly and slowly, I started getting better. Like I was able to do things and I was able to find doctors that were actually able to help me, but for years we had looked and nothing had helped. I'm constantly in awe of what's going on because now I'm able to do so many things I couldn't do. I really didn't get out of it and really see huge improvements until a year after I'd given it to God. It was just that year of just trusting that God was able to really work. I, there's like no way I can explain it without Jesus. Like it's so, it was just so amazing. And like, I was able to feel so, so free and so much joy when I wasn't trying to fix it by myself. And I wasn't like angry at God because God has given me so much and there's no way that I could have ever gotten to the place that I am now with, without him. Like there's absolutely no way. Isn't that an amazing testimony? So cool to hear one of our, yeah. So cool to hear one of our high schoolers share.
Man, it's been great to celebrate all sorts of testimonies of healing throughout our series called, what is it called? The Healer. We're making our way through that, and we're going to continue that today. Uh, I see a lot of familiar faces out there, but I see some of you who I don't know, and if I don't know you, welcome. Uh, For those of you who don't know me, my name's Gunner. I'm the director of worship here, which I love doing. I loved all of our worship leading. Don't we have great worship leaders here, too? My goodness. We're so blessed. Um, I'm, it's my privilege to, to lead that, that team, but also what you may not know about me is I am what's called under care in the presbytery, which is just a fancy way of saying that I'm studying to be a pastor. And so I want to start off our time together just by saying thank you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your prayers. Some of you guys have been sending up lots of prayers for me this weekend because I need all the prayers I can get uh, to preach through services, but thank you so much for your support. I'm really looking forward to what we're going to talk about today. We are continuing in our series called The Healer. And what we've been doing in this series, very simply, is taking stories out of the book of Mark where Jesus healed people, then taking a step back and asking ourselves, well, what does that mean for me? What's that mean for my life? What does that mean for today? And today, we're going to tackle a very easy and non-controversial topic, mental illness, Very, very easy, right? I think that uh, the pastors gave this to me and also gave me a passage about demon possession because they wanted me to start off light. Uh, So we're going to try our best today. Believe it or not, I asked to speak on this topic because it's really important to me. And it's really important in general. Did you know that 47 million Americans suffer from some kind of mental illness? 47 million. That's one in five of us. And so what I can say beyond a shadow of a doubt is that one of two things is true of you. Either you yourself suffer from some kind of mental illness or someone that you love dearly does. And so this is an important topic. And when we face important topics as Christians, what do we do? Well, we look at the Bible. We ask ourselves, what does the Bible have to say about this topic? And we're going to explore that together. And the way I'd like to do that is by looking at a story where Jesus encounters a man who suffered from intense mental illness. Intense mental illness. And we're going to find that in Mark chapter 5, if you want to turn there with me in your Bibles. Mark chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. And we're going to find some important lessons about mental health and mental illness from this text. So this is God's word for us this morning. We know beyond a shadow of a doubt at any time in our service, this is when God is speaking. So let's hear what he has to say. It says, Jesus and the disciples came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes. That's a Gentile area. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs. And no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain, for he'd often been bound with shackles and chains. But he wrenched the chains apart, and he broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day, among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him, and crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For Jesus was saying, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, What is your name? He replied, my name is Legion, for we are many. We're going to stop there. I I stopped there intentionally. It's kind of creepy so far, isn't it? Seems a little hopeless. 
Why? Mental illness is a little hopeless for us sometimes. It's a little hopeless to suffer with something like this, but I believe that when we consider this topic from the scriptures, we're gonna find hope. We're gonna find a little healing. We're gonna find a little bit of help from Jesus. And so I'm looking forward to celebrating this together. Would you join me in prayer as we ask him to do that? Lord, thank you so much for your compassion in our circumstances. Thank you for your compassion on this man. Thank you for your compassion in our lives. Lord, all the things that we've sung about and prayed about so far, they're true. And so we give you all the glory. Lord God, we need your help, though. We need your guidance because topics like this are really confusing. And so, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you do only what you can do? Would you apply the word of God to our hearts and show us how to see things from a new point of view? We pray all these things in Jesus' name and God's people said, amen, amen. All right. Need some water. We're going to explore a passage today by asking three pressing questions about mental health. And these may be questions that you've had, that you've wrestled with in your life, especially in light of some of our recent uh, events. But before we do that, I think it's important for us to ask the question, what is mental health? Because I don't think it's always immediately understood in our culture. And so I want to offer a definition to you that comes from this fantastic book called Grace for the Afflicted by Michael Stanford. It's a biblical and clinical approach to mental health. I highly, highly recommend it. Uh, The stuff that he talks about is fantastic, and we won't have an opportunity to get to all of it. So if you're interested in this topic, please pick up a copy of that. Uh, But I'd love to offer to you the definition that he gives of mental health. And you'll also find an outline in your uh, worship guide. I invite you to take that out because there's some slots there that you can fill out with this definition. What we're going to find from Stanford is that mental health includes four things. And they are thoughts, moods, behavior, and ability to relate to others. Can we say those things together? One, two, three. Thoughts, moods, behavior ability to relate to others. This is what makes up our mental health, if you've ever wondered. So if that's what mental health is, what's mental illness? Well, it's when those things aren't quite working right. It's when they're sick. It's when they're a little ill. And these mental sicknesses, these mental illnesses, they run the gamut. They include things like anxiety, depression, trauma, even dementia would be classified as a form of mental illness. We know that all of these illnesses, they affect our minds, and by extension, they affect our very lives and our relationships. And so we're left with our first pressing question. Where do these things come from? What is the source of mental illness? Where do they come from? And the very simple answer to that question is, it's complicated. Okay? It's a little complicated. What we find in our passage, which is incredibly helpful, I might add, we're very grateful for the Bible, what we find in our passage is that our mental well-being has a very close connection and a very close tie to the other areas of our well-being. That there are all these components that make us who we are, and that all of those things together can affect our mental health, our mental well-being. And when I'm talking about these categories of our person, these components, they include four different things. And here they are. They're the physical the spiritual, the relational, and mental. If you look at your life, you could category different aspects of your health and well-being into these four categories. All of these things are at work in our lives. Each of these components also we're going to find 
and this is where I pulled them from, are at work in this story with this man. And so I want to show you where in the world they come from. Let's start with the spiritual. The spiritual. This man had a spiritual illness. He was, he's what we would call possessed to the max, right? There's nobody else in the Bible that would say, you know, that Legion guy, he had it pretty bad, but I had it worse. There's nobody. Everybody say, no, the Legion guy, he, he had it bad. He was in a bad situation. It's so bad that he's said to be possessed by legion, which is a military term. There are thousands in a legion. Thousands. And so this man was so possessed that the response that Jesus gets when he asks for this demon's name is really quite freaky. Did you catch it? My name is legion, for we are many. Right? Mind blown. How is that possible? It's a, it's a singular pronoun and a... And a plural pronoun. How does that go together? Well, what we find is that this legion of demons was working together as a team in this man's life to just totally make a mess of it, to wreak havoc in every way possible. On the mental side, he was no longer in his right mind, as we're going to find him later in the passage. In fact, the times that we read of this man speaking, it's not really him speaking, is it? It's all these demons talking through him because he lost control of his mental faculties. He lost the ability to think for himself. Can you imagine? Horrible. And physically, this man is said to have had superhuman strength. And that's not cool in this case, right? It's not like Superman, right? This guy had superhuman strength, but he was using that superhuman strength for harm. Especially, sadly enough, to harm himself, to cut himself. And he was also using it in some way to threaten harm to his community. And that's what leads to him being impacted relationally. Because they ostracized him from the community. He was just too big of a risk. He was too dangerous. So do you see how all these are at play in his life? Do you see how they're all interconnected in some way? Friends, this is the case for us too. We are holistic human beings. Holistic human beings. Each of us have all of these components at work in our lives, and they're all connected to each other. And so when we're unwell in one category, what happens? Well, we start to get sick in the other categories too. And when we start to get a little bit better, a little bit healthier in one area, the rest of the areas follow suit in a positive way. And this is true in every category of our life. And this is especially true when it comes to the mental category of our life. This was true in the case of my own mom, to be open with you. My mom suffered from intense, intense mental illness. Uh, she was so, so depressed that she couldn't even really comprehend the outside world. She couldn't hold a conversation. She couldn't continue to talk with me. She was so closed off from the world, she wouldn't be able to go to the store. She couldn't do anything. She just ended up spending most of her time in her room. And it was really quite hard on us as a family. Now, after going through that for some time, you can only live with that for, you know, a certain amount of time. And then you feel like, man, i got to get some help. And so my mom made the courageous decision to check herself into the hospital for psychological care. My mom went to the hospital, and after the doctors looked into her situation, they found the source of her issue. And here's what's so interesting about this. What I've neglected to tell you is that my mom had broken her leg, and that also she had had some other medical, physical issues that she was on medication for. And the doctors said that it was some combination of all of these things together that caused my mom to fall into basically a bipolar depression. 
And so, what do you think happened? Well, they dealt with the physical stuff, and then the mental and the relational and even the spiritual followed suit. And so my mom got better. My mom was here visiting us this weekend. She was here at last night's service. Isn't that awesome? And we give God all the glory. She got better. Why, though? Because they dealt with the source of the issue that was completely unrelated, that we never saw coming. We as a family, we were kind of at our wit's end like this community. All this community could do, which is what people have done with people for, with mental illness for thousands of years, is lock them outside the area. Not just horrendous, because we don't quite get it. We don't quite understand, but Jesus does. Jesus understands. As I look back, it's quite interesting to look at my mom's story and think that the source of the issue was this completely unrelated physical component that caused the mental health concerns she was having. Friends, we need to look at our health holistically. We need to look at our health holistically. Each of our components are interconnected. Just like this image up here, if you want to add some arrows to your outline, all of them affect each other in different ways. And it's profound. And so we have to be open to the possibility that an apparent issue in one area of our health could be caused by an altogether different area of our health. And so I want to encourage you, if you are facing a mental health concern, there's a possibility that there are other issues at play. It could be beyond uh, just the, the mental. And so this is where prayer comes into play, because we need God's guidance. We need discernment. This is where community comes into play because we need support. It's a journey, friends. Just like Miriam shared in her story, it's a journey. And so we have to be open to the possibility of all the ways that Jesus could bring healing to our lives, even if it's not what we would immediately expect. All right, so when we look at those four components and we say, what sources could be at play in terms of this mental illness thing? I think there's one component that we struggle with the most as Christians, that we don't quite understand the connection. And that leads us to our second question. What role does the spiritual play in mental health? You ever wondered that? What role does the spiritual play in our mental health? Now in our story, the spiritual clearly played a big role in this guy's life, didn't it? It was very, very prominent. Michael Sanford in his book actually argues that this man suffered from some form of schizophrenia. That he was on the schizophrenic spectrum. He meets all the criteria for the DSM for that. But what Stanford also argues, and I agree with his argument, is that in this specific case, it is so clearly apparent that it was demonic, that it was spiritual, that it was caused by spiritual things. I mean, for starters, this guy had spiritual strength or supernatural strength. It's crazy. And he had multiple beings speaking through. It's like a horror movie, right? It's like all these beings talking in unison and, and talking for the man. It's clear that this was demonic, that there was something deeper, that demonic possession, demonization, daimonizamana is the word in the Greek. He was demonized. Friends, there have been times in my own life, in my own mental health, where I've known that it's beyond just the mental health, that there was something spiritual at play. I can think back to times in my life, actually times just a couple weeks ago, where the thoughts that were coming to my mind were especially odd and intense, and I didn't quite know what to do with them. And I sought some spiritual mentors, some of them are in the room, and I said, what do you think is going on with me? And they said, we think that the, the enemy's playing with you a little bit. He's messing with you. Friends, we believe that there is a spiritual realm 
Do we not? We believe that there's a spiritual realm. We believe that that spiritual realm can wreak havoc in our lives just as much mentally as as it can physically. It can mess with us in all sorts of ways. We believe that we do spiritual warfare, amen? We stand firm in the Lord. We put on the full armor of God, and we go out and do battle. We believe in these things. We believe that evil spiritual forces can be at work. But we have to ask, is this always the case? And this is where I would argue, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't just think so. I think that the Bible thinks so. (laughs) It may surprise you that we have multiple examples in the Bible of people who suffered from a mental illness and did not attribute it to a spiritual deficiency. Let me give you some examples. We know that King Saul was likely bipolar. King David experienced bouts of intense anxiety. Look at Psalm 51. Those match all of the criteria for a panic attack. We know that Samson suffered from a form of a personality disorder. And we also know that Elijah experienced such a deep depression that he just wanted to die. What's really, this is off script, but what's really interesting to me about the Elijah one, I was just reading this uh, recently in my quiet time. When Elijah says to God, I just want to die, just let it be over for me, God doesn't say, come on, Elijah. Would you just get your stuff together? Would you just pull yourself up? He does not say that. You know what God does? He sends an angel to feed him and help him get some rest. That's profound to me. That's a completely different perspective than what many Christians have. Many Christians struggle with this. Yours truly struggles with this. It is so easy when we face mental illness to feel like there's something wrong with us spiritually. We can begin to fear that our faith is not good enough, that our mental illness is a result of our lack of faith. And if that's you today, if you're anything like me, can I just tell you from the depth of my spirit, that is plainly not how Christianity works. That's not how the gospel works. Why? Because nothing, absolutely nothing in Jesus Christ can jeopardize your right standing before our gracious God. Nothing. Nothing can separate you from the love that God has for you in Christ Jesus. It is not about what you do. It's about what God has already done in Jesus Christ. And he deserves all the glory. Nothing can separate you from God's love. And so let me bring that down to earth. You are not a weak person or a bad Christian if you suffer from mental illness. You are not a weak person or a bad Christian if you suffer from mental illness. You are loved by God. You are loved by God. Friends, you can pursue the care that you need. And those of you who are not one out of five who are suffering, but you know a one out of the five, you can support your loved one who needs to get the care that they need. And you can give them a hug and say, God loves you. Nothing will ever change that because this is the gospel. So the spiritual plays a role in our lives, does it not? It's involved in our mental health. It's involved in every category of our health. But it's not always the cause. And so we have to be open to 
other possible sources for our problem if we're going to find the healing that we're looking for. And that leads us to our third question. What do we do about all this stuff? (laughs) What do we do about mental health? Uh, People are asking this regardless of if they're Christian or not, right? Especially in this last week or two. People are wondering, what do we do about mental illness? How do we solve this? I'm going to recommend something that comes well recommended because Jesus did it, okay? (laughs) Jesus would recommend going straight to the source of the problem. Why? Because that's what he did in our story. Uh, Let me show you this. Jesus knew exactly what the cause of the issues were for that man, and once he dealt with the cause, the man found healing. And that's what leads us to the last uh, few verses of our text. Let's look at verse 10. The story ends a lot better than it started. (laughs) It says, And Legion begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him, saying, Send us to the pigs. Let us enter them. So Jesus gave them permission. And the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs, and the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. The herdsmen fled and told it in the city and in the country. And people came to see what it was that had happened. And they came to see Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had had the legion, sitting there clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. So what happened in this, this section? Very simply, Jesus addressed the source cast the demons out. This man's all of a sudden well. He's so well that later on in the passage, you're going to say, Jesus, can I go with you? I want to follow you. I want, to, I want what you've got. I want to be with you. He was so well. And it wasn't, though, until the source of his problem, and it's the same in our case, it's not until the source of our problems are identified and dealt with that we experience the relief that we desperately need. We have to look at all the categories of our lives, though, because it's not always a spiritual cause. And then we have to be open to the solutions that God may bring our way. Because we believe that God can heal us supernaturally, and we also believe that he can heal us naturally. That's what I love about Miriam's story, by the way, what she shared with you. It was a journey, and it was natural. And that's how so many of our healings are. But we need to know that God is the one who can heal us both supernaturally and naturally. Both of these come from him. No matter where our healing comes from in the immediate sense, it always comes from Jesus in the ultimate sense. He deserves all the credit, amen? Amen. He deserves all the credit. And so what this means in terms of the supernatural, natural stuff is that when we are facing a medical problem, get this, you can seek for a medical solution as a Christian. We believe this physically, and we also believe this mentally. Why? Because they're both physiological concerns. Both. The Bible actually acknowledges this in the Torah, the law, where it says in Deuteronomy 28, a whole list of physical ailments, and at the end, there's a mental health concern. All lumped together, because God sees these all as physiological concerns. And so we can recognize that there are medical, natural things at play. Now, that does not mean that we don't seek for the supernatural healing. Friends, the fact that I am standing up here right now preaching to you is a miracle. Because God answered my prayer that I wouldn't have a panic attack and I'd be able to stand on my two feet and talk to you. (laughs) And you know what? He gets all the glory for that. 
And I'll take it. Believe me, I'll take it. He brings supernatural healing, but he also can bring natural healing as well. And we want to pursue natural healing alongside of all those supernatural things. We pray, we read our, read our Bibles, we rebuke the enemy in Jesus' name, we worship, we do all the things that God has called us to do, and we seek the care that we need. Oftentimes, when it comes to our mental healing, we have to look at the mental category. And this is what many of us struggle with. This is what I've struggled with. To be vulnerable, uh, I have suffered from anxiety since I was about this big. (laughs) I can remember vividly my first panic attack. I can remember exactly what it was about, exactly why it happened. I can remember the surroundings, and it was horrible. I've had panic attacks and anxiety throughout my entire life. It got really bad in college to the point that I had to drop out of school and basically lock myself in my room and interact with nobody because my mind wouldn't shut off. My body wouldn't give up. It was horrible. Some of you have faced that. It's terrible. I wouldn't wish panic on anybody, not even my worst enemy. And so what I tried to do is I tried to make changes in my life. I changed my routine. I changed what I ate. I changed my exercise routine. I ended up losing 20 pounds, so I feel a little better. I feel a little lighter, but all of that didn't end up bringing me the relief that I needed. And I prayed, boy, did I pray. God, would you heal me of this? And I asked other people, would you please pray for me that I'd be healed of this? And God would give me moments of relief, which were welcome, but I wouldn't find the ultimate healing that I was looking for. So over the course of my journey, I had to be honest with myself, and I realized that there was one category that I had neglected in my life. That was the mental health category. More specifically, I had avoided therapy and medication like the plague. I wanted nothing to do with it. And the reason that I didn't want anything to do with it is because a pastor several years ago sat across from me, looked me in the eye, and told me when it came to mental illness that therapy and medications are a joke, that they can't be trusted, and so you just have to deal with sin in your life and find some encouragement from your life group. That's it. And live with it. That has stuck with me for years. But God didn't leave me there because he's really, really kind. God didn't leave me there because he's brought me around. Here's the thing, friends. I ended up marrying a therapist. So, (laughs) thank you, right? Married a therapist. But what's really crazy about that is it still took a couple years after I married her to still go to therapy. That's how uh, messed up my perspective was. But God has brought me around. He had me marry Amy, who I love so much. She's awesome. Uh, My family's been very supportive. And you know what? Your pastor has really supported me. Pastor Mark was the one that finally looked me in the eye some years later and said to me, go to therapy. It's okay. And you know what? I went. I went. It's not as scary as I built it up in my mind. It's just sitting on a couch and looking at somebody. But uh, for some reason, I made it a way bigger deal than it needed to be. Friends, I'm finally finding the healing that I've been looking for. And it's through natural means. It's through another human being. But God is the source of my healing. God, I give you all the praise. 
You are worthy of my praise because you have rescued me, you've healed me, you've loved me. Thank you, God. That's all I can say to him is thank you, God. We ought to give him the praise for every source of healing because he's been with us every step of the way, even when we don't feel like it. Now, I'm sharing all this with you today. It's a risk, okay? It's a risk to share these things with you today because it makes, there's all sorts of things that could happen. Uh, don't, don't think about that. It makes me anxious. Um, but <laughs> the reason I'm sharing this with you today, honestly, is because you may be like me. You may have exhausted all of the resources that you can think of when it comes to the physical, when it comes to the relational, when it comes to the spiritual, and you're going, now what? Now what do I do? And I'm just going to tell you, friend, you may have to go straight to the source of your issue. You're not a weak person or a bad Christian if you have to go straight to the source and get the care that you need. And more than that, your church family is going to be with you. Aren't we? We will be with you. We love you. And you may need to find some people in your world that walk through that with you. I've had people text me all morning, I'm praying for you, love you, with you in this. You need that. I have one gentleman who's in our choir. He shall remain nameless because he's a saint, okay? Uh, But he goes with me to every single preaching opportunity I have. He sits in the congregation and he prays for me the entire time. Just because he loves me, just because he's supporting me. We need each other. We need prayer. Oh my gosh, we need prayer but we need each other. You're not alone. Your church family is with you. This is a place where you can feel like you have the support that you need. Particularly, I want to offer you as we close our time together a resource that I think will be very helpful. A group of people who really want to walk through this journey with you, and that's our counseling team here at Chapel Hill. Isn't it cool that we have a counseling team at our church? I think that's just awesome. Uh, So if this is the route for you, if you're saying, you know what, I, I want to pursue some care. I want to pursue some help in this category. These folks would love to get in touch with you. Call during the week. Somebody will get in touch with you, and you never know. Jesus may just bring you the healing that you're looking for through them, like he's done in my life. Also, I'd encourage you, if, you, uh, if you're not suffering from it, but someone you love is, pick up this book. It is awesome. Uh, the information is on the back of your outline there. I'd encourage you to to check that out because there's so much in there that we just don't have time to get to. But I think this is a great, great resource. Friends, according to the Bible, mental health and mental illness are legitimate concerns. It's an area of our lives that Jesus wants to bring us hope and he wants to bring us healing. And so he calls us now to seek his guidance, seek his discernment, lean on community, get the care that we need, and know that he is always always with us. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for your kindness. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you'll never leave us, even when we're going through tough stuff. Lord, I want to lift up the people in this room, the one out of fives like me, who are looking for healing I pray for them now, Lord. In Jesus' name, would you grant them healing? Would you grant them healing like only you can do? May they depend upon you. May they sense your presence. May your community surround them. Would you bless them, I pray in Jesus' name. And for those of us who are friends and family members of people suffering, would you strengthen us in the inner person of our being? Help us to be the church. Help us to support and love those people that we care so much for. We ask for your help, and Lord, we give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.